Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome. Oh. <laughs> I played the wrong one as well. <laughs> the following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello and welcome to the last episode of the series of Friends with Friends. Uh, my name's Pete Allison and here's Dave Cripp. Ahoy, hoy, hoy for the final time for like two weeks and then we're back. It's, it's a bit of a, uh, it feels like we shouldn't make too much of a singing and dancing about this because it's really just that we want a li- need a little break, isn't it? Yeah, a few weeks off and then we'll be back like within the next month, so it's all fine. Um, how are you? I'm alright, thanks. Um, just trying to think if I've got anything to report, and I really don't think I have because I've had a very quiet weekend. Uh, yeah, well, as you should. What what tier are you in? Uh, two teetering two. on the edge of three. Oh, are you? You're about yeah. to you're about to fall into the three. Yeah, we're at risk. Uh, this might mean nothing to anyone outside the UK, but it's worth, worth... it means very little to me, and yeah. I'm living in it. To be fair, <laughs> we started on tier two yesterday as we record this, so um. We're all adjusting to tier two, and by adjusting, I'm getting the impression that everybody's just lying. Just sort of doing nothing. Just yeah. doing nothing or doing the same things. There's a lot of yeah. uh, groups of people in pubs, I would suggest, that, look, I don't want to suggest that they don't all live together, Pete. I wouldn't want to cast those aspersions. Or, but or, they don't live all but together. But they absolutely don't all live together. <laughs> no, that's absolutely fair. Um, but there you go. Hey, if there's no systems in place, what can you do? Well, exactly. Uh, talking of... Uh, Going out partying, which we're yes. no longer allowed to do, uh, brings us on to. I think should we re-explain the the method of because cho- we've gone a bit rogue this week, haven't we? Yeah. So basically, we decided to go on IMDb and find the four lowest rated episodes of Friends that weren't just like the clip ones. You know, the ones when they basically got lazy and just put old clips of other episodes in. And this is because a couple of weeks ago. We did an episode for the first time for the reason that it was somebody's least favourite episode, didn't we? The one with Monica's Thunder. Yes. Uh, because they thought it showed all the friends in terrible, terrible lights. So uh, somebody on Instagram suggested why not finish the season, as you've done the what they described as the second worst episode, why don't you do the worst episode? And for them, that was the one where Chandler doesn't like dogs. But when we went on IMDb... Nowhere to be seen, was that, was it? No, so we put the four worst, well, four supposedly crap ones yeah, what were they on a again? Twitter poll. Uh, oh, that's a very good question. Get it up. I've got the poll up here, don't you worry. Here it is, on the old tweets, at FWFpod. No, that's, uh, that's Instagram, that's Instagram, isn't it? Friend WF. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, we've only ourselves to blame there. These guys don't know anything about the blackouts of New York or <laughs> their own social media handles. Yeah. So the one with the donor, which I agree with, that is that is down there, isn't it? The one with Phoebe's ex-partner, that's the singing partner, isn't it? That's Leslie. I don't know. There's some good bits in that, I think. And then the one with the stain. <laughs> yeah, the one with the stain also was in there. That is... It's an interesting episode, that, isn't it? A lot of later ones. Yeah. Um, but then this one. I'll be honest, Pete. When you said this has won, I was surprised. And then I remembered maybe actually it's people choosing their favourite. Their favourite of the, the worst four bad ones. ones. Yes. But I'm surprised this episode's in the bottom four in the first place, is what I would say. Yes. But, uh, yeah, no, having just watched it, and as it's a good job because we're about to talk to it, I don't talk think it's... It. <laughs> Talk to it. Is that what I said? Yeah. We're gonna have a little chat with the episode today. Let on, me on say the that final, again. On the, <laughs> no, absolutely not. We are keeping that in on the final episode of this season. Do we have a surprise for you? We're just talking to it. A surprise interview with <laughs> season four, episode nine. But I don't think it was. I don't think it was terrible. No, absolutely wasn't terrible. And do you know why it wasn't terrible, Pete? Because season four, episode nine, the one where they're going to party, was directed by. Peter Boners. Peter Boners, of course. Boners, Boners. Don't chant Boners. <laughs> I just, I'm in a, I, I, do you feel like you're in a, I feel like I'm in a bit of an end of, end of term mood. <laughs> you know, like bringing your board games in on the last day of school. Sure, yep, stick a uh, VHS in. Chant Boners, classic, classic end of term. Uh, can I interest you in the, in a synopsis, Peter? Depends, is it a really long one? Uh, it's a five-liner, actually, so I'd say on the longer side, but not one okay. of the really long Crack ones. Crack on. I'll try and do it as quickly as I can, shall I? Monica and Phoebe buy a van for their new catering business, but plans are upended when Monica is offered the head chef job at Alessandro's, a restaurant she recently trashed in a review for the neighbourhood paper. Meanwhile, Rachel applies for an assistant buyer job in another Bloomingdale's apartment, only to be sabotaged during the interview by her boss, Joanna, who wants to keep Rachel as her assistant. Rachel confronts Joanna, who then offers to make her assistant buyer in her department. Unfortunately, Joanna meets an untimely end before Rachel's promotion takes effect, and Ross Chandler are excited when their friend Mike Gandalf Ganderson is coming to town to party. When Gandalf cancels, Joey says they can still have a great time. Oof. Which area would you like to start in, Dave? Well, I feel like we should end with Rachel. But um so yeah, I think maybe let's start with Gandalf, shall we? Okay. okay. The titular episode. When um when was the last time you partied? <laughs> Cause there's a lot of mentions of tonight we're gonna party. Let's go out and party. Uh, we party so hard when we were... I, I, I don't think that's a word I'd ever use to describe... I'd just say going out. There's a real marked difference, apparently, between a, having a couple of drinks and partying, you know? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of an Americanism to say, like, a, a night out is partying. Yes. I would. I don't think I've ever said, let's go party. No. I think you have a party, don't you? Yeah. Have, like, a birthday party, but that's about it. That's where I'd end the use of the word party. Or political party. But I don't yeah. think that's what they're after here, is it? No, I don't think so. Uh, that would be a bottom four episode of Friends. The one <laughs> where they form a political party. But yeah, no, it's it's that they're so excited. And also, they're only in their late 20s here, which I would suggest, Pete. Like, I don't party in inverted commas as much as I used to, but it definitely hasn't, like, dried up to the extent, and I'm in my mid-30s now, that they're suggesting. Do you know what I mean? They're sort of 28, 29. And they're making out like they basically haven't been out for more than a couple of drinks since they were 21. Although there is one bit where Chandler says, uh, I'm 29 and I want to go to sleep at a reasonable hour. Mm. And I am now 29. <laughs> um, 
Like, those are things that I am feeling these days. Mm. And, like, watching it now I'm older, I think it makes me realise why people in their 20s and early 30s found Friends so relatable. Because that sort of shift of ageing within your 20s and then in your 30s, um, you kind of expect to feel the same way about life throughout your 20s, don't you? And here there's actually a few shifts. Yeah, definitely. And they definitely have that conversation that we've all had with our friends, you know, pertaining to the loud music and the, oh, we just want to have a conversation. We've all had those conversations, haven't we, in our late 20s, Absolutely, early 30s? Absolutely, yeah. Um, although what I would say is, and we're jumping ahead a little bit in the plot, but where have they been? Because Joey finds them, you know, Gandalf ends up cancelling, doesn't he? And Joey finds them in their apartment. He says, have you just been sitting around here all morning? And we know it's a weekday morning because they've, <laughs> they've, they've called in sick. They've cancelled work, yeah. Yeah. So... And and by the time we meet them in Central Perk, uh, what I can only presume is about 7pm, because they're all knackered, they've spent a weekday afternoon in the middle of Manhattan, in apparently like a massively loud place where they couldn't hear each other speak, which <laughs> is like a, a night, you know, like it speaks, screams to me like a late night event. And then also somewhere where Ross had to use socks as mittens because it was so dirty. And just, I just think maybe the problem with partying, and maybe this is the American thing, maybe they're doing it wrong, Pete. <laughs> Yes, I would suggest perhaps. you could just go to some nice bars on a weekday afternoon and have a great time. I also like that Chandler's getting ready to party in a long sleeve polo shirt and wide leg chinos. <laughs> yeah. The, the the party fashion's changed, certainly, hasn't it? Absolutely has. Also, special mention to um, Joey calling Gandalf Gandalfwarf. Gandalfwarf is, the, I think, it's the single funniest <laughs> word in the whole of this episode. It is great. It Doesn't really... Gandalf sound um, completely intolerable? Oh, well, again, this, I think this is the other thing. And it's one of those things where I'm glad we never meet Gandalf because yes. he feels like the sort of person that you want to hang out with in your early 20s because they uh, have the confidence to take a group to a thing. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. in your early 20s when everyone's a bit like, oh, I don't mind where we go. What should we do? And there's always someone that's like, let's go here, guys. And everyone goes there. But I reckon by your late 20s, that would just be dreadful, wouldn't it? He sounds exhausting. And mm. deep down, Dave, I don't think Gandalf's that happy. I think Gandalf's probably quite insecure, isn't he? Yeah. Um, one of the few characters I suggest that gets a f- not only a full name, but a full name and a nickname, despite the fact we never meet him. What's his surname? Mike Gandalf Ganderson. Ganderson. That's it. Ganderson. Yeah. Which <laughs> <laughs> It's weird, isn't it? Because they call him Gandalf because he's the party wizard, which again sounds dreadful. But also they call him Gandalf probably... Presumably because Ganderson's his surname, so it's a it's a, a, a handy uh, coincidence, isn't it? That he has a surname that also shares part of a wizard's name. There's also a, a reference to one of their previous nights out with Gandalf, mm. um, where Ross wakes up being licked by a seal. Yeah. <laughs> um, very curious to know where he went on that night out. Where Where are the nearest seals in New York that aren't in some sort of zoo? Well, they were on a boat, weren't they? That's what they said. So did you? So, but did the seal board the boat? Yeah, I mean, it's an, uh, well, I think I think he actually says those were seals, plural. <laughs> so God knows. I mean, yeah, for Ross to have been so out of it that he woke up, didn't notice that there were some seals licking his face, and again thought they were dogs. Like, would you just fall back to sleep if loads of dogs were licking your face and you woke up? I think uh, you'd be like, oh, better get yeah, out of here. Still be a bit. Still not ideal, him, is it? If you don't own, especially if you don't own a dog. Ever been licked by a seal? I don't think I have, Pete, and I think I would suggest you haven't either, just on a whim. Uh, you are wrong to make assumptions about me, Dave. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't been licked by a seal. Um, no, it does. Again, it sounds like the sort of. 
I don't know. Have you ever had a night out that, that ends on a boat being licked by... You know, that kind of level of nonsense. I feel like we must have all had fun nights, but those sort of nights they talk about in sitcoms and films, it's very it's like the hangover-style level of night out. Do you know what I mean? What Where, is the strangest way you've ended a night out? Strangest way I've ended a night out? Ooh, hang on. Let me think for a second. Have you, have you got one to throw in the mix? So many years ago, uh, early 20s... Yeah. I finished a night out with my friend Rosie. You've met Rosie, Dave. I've met Rosie. Um, and we were walking across one of the bridges in London and her feet were aching because of her shoes. And she said that she really hated her shoes. And um, then I, because I was drunk, said, can I throw your shoes in the Thames? <laughs> um, and because she was drunk, she said yes. And then I sort of launched her shoes into the Thames, which... I do not defend, and I would not recommend anyone doing, don't throw things in the Thames and be a drunken idiot, but somewhere at the bottom of the Thames are Rosie's shoes. Oh, no, Pete. Yeah. I've remembered mine, but it's not, it doesn't reflect me in a great light because it also ends up with me being very drunk. And well, actually, maybe if seals had started licking my face, then I wouldn't have necessarily noticed. Maybe there's a seal on the edge of the Thames in a fabulous pair of shoes. Yeah. I once woke up, I was in New Orleans. I knew this was going to be the sort of way your story started. <laughs> but we'd had a, a big old night in New Orleans and ended up at uh, like a bar at 7, 8, you know, like in New Orleans, everything's open all night. Okay. So it was like, I think it's 9am by the time we left this bar. That's and, ridiculous. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Absolutely. It, was, it didn't, like the night didn't start to like midnight or one. It was one of those, it was Halloween in America and they go nuts for Halloween. So I was dressed as a gladiator. And we got in a cab back, but we didn't exactly know where we lived because we just got there that day. So, yeah, cut to two. Again, doesn't reflect well on me. I was younger and drunker, but I woke up face down in a full gladiator costume on what turned out to be the front lawn of a church on a Sunday morning oh, as everyone was going into church. It was awful. It was awful. Crikey. Dreadful news. Was it like Joey's gladiator costume? Yeah, exa- almost, exa- almost identical to that. Yeah, exactly that. Except I was a zombie gladiator because I had, um, like zombie. You know, we had to make it Halloweeny. So did you just put some fake blood on? Uh, yeah, white face, fake blood, all that sort of stuff. Fangs, nice. maybe. Nice. I'll be honest. It was a last minute Halloween costume because we hadn't. We don't really think about that sort of stuff, do we? No. No. Anyway, there you go. That's my answer. Oh God, it gives me shivers thinking about that. Anyway, back to Gandalf. Is it? Yes, about to Gandalf. He sounds like the sort of person that would wake up in a gladiator costume. So actually, maybe I'm the awful one. Oh, God. This is maybe. Oh, maybe you're insufferable. Horrible moment of self-reflection. Uh, but Ga- again, Gandalf, going back to your point that he's dreadful, like he arranges to come to town and then just rings on the day. Bales. He's stuck in Chicago. No one's stuck. You can't get that stuck in Chicago that you wouldn't know more than an hour before you're supposed to meet someone, would you? Anyway, so yeah, so Gandalf cancels. They they go out. They realise they're too old. They have that conversation, don't they? I mean, to be fair, any big party day that ends up in a coffee shop before it closes, <laughs> I would suggest Yeah, or hasn't... ordering sort of pre-bedtime drinks. <laughs> yeah, hasn't gone that well. Uh, the Another line that did make me laugh, by the way, in this plot line was originally when Chandler says to Ross... Are you ready to party? And Ross says, I could have a couple of beers, but there's something, there's this thing about bumblebees on the Discovery <laughs> Channel. <laughs> like, that is, that is not the sentence of a man that is even in the frame of mind to consider a party, is it? No, absolutely not. I think they all did well by having a decaf and going to bed. So the episode starts with the van, doesn't it? 
Yes. Good what a van. van it is. What a van for the very, very short-lived uh, <laughs> food catering company, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, is it? It's only a thing for what is it? Two, three episodes? Yeah. Well, they decide to do it. They do the well. They do the the the, the one gig, don't they? Where they do the funeral, um, and then they decide to do a catering company, and they haven't had a single gig by the end of this episode after the initial one, uh, and then it's all over by then. So yeah, I don't even think it, it counts as a thing, does it? I, I there must be a prestige, obviously, about being the head chef in a restaurant that I don't really understand because I'm not a chef, you know. Yes. But like my brain was going, would I rather work in a restaurant where everybody hates me or run a private catering company, my own company, with like my best friend? Um, well, it does. That's the nice thing. They both seem really up for it because they get to work together. And that's obviously why Phoebe takes it personally when Monica has a change of plan. Because yeah. Phoebe was really looking forward to working with her. Yeah, and she does change it, like, very quickly, doesn't it? You know, like I say, I'm sure the chef's going, yes, being a head chef is the absolute bee's knees. That's what you want. But that final scene of the episode where she's staring down the barrel of all the, you know, sons, daughters, nieces, and nephews of the fired head chef doesn't seem like a fun place she's going to enjoy, and turns out not to be, doesn't it? Big fan of Phoebe's comment about the van with the... Uh, well, what would you describe that woman as that's on the side of the van? Some sort of mystical creature, isn't she? Right, yeah. Um, I do enjoy Phoebe's, we were going to paint over the sword and replace it with a baguette. <laughs> yeah, I'm sad that's that we great. never get to see that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, the that's a very... Maybe the only use of the word bitchin' in Friends? Yeah, and Ross says, bitchin' van. All I can see is this bitchin' van. He does seem to genuinely be quite impressed with the van, though. Yeah, he's they... a bit of a nerd, so that kind of explains why. Didn't yeah, it? exactly. Yeah, that really harks back to old Ross on his keyboard in his basement. I imagine yes. would have loved that van to take his keyboard around and play his his sound for everybody. You know. Um. So Monica's got this new job at the same time, being a food critic for the Chelsea Reporter, which we're led to believe is a very, very small local paper. You know. Earning a penny per word. Yeah, how many words are there? In, I thought that. How many words are there in an article, and what's she earning for that? Well, presumably she's not. It's only going to be about five hundred words, isn't it? Well, like that's what I thought. Either? It's not like a. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not really worth it, is it? They really need to improve their rates, don't they? Yeah, a penny a word, unless you're doing like a twenty thousand word thing. In which case, I would suggest it's still probably not enough because that would have taken days. She's being exploited. She is, but to be fair. Gets a very quick start in journalism and moves quickly into the head chef game. So, actually, well, the curious thing: how did Alessandro from Alessandro's find Monica's address? How did he find her address? And also, not okay, hun, to come and just knock around a young early twenties woman's apartment. No, he, he strides mid- straight in, doesn't he? Yeah, as a middle aged man, effectively coming round to say, "I'm coming to shout at you." Yeah, like and- that, that whole thing was very odd. This is clearly pre-GDPR day. <laughs> they haven't signed any terms and conditions, have they? No, no. Um, yeah, but God knows how he get. Maybe the Chelsea reporter again, maybe their data protection, maybe he's called them up and gone, what's the home address of the young woman that's written this review? And they've gone, oh, yeah, she lives here. Pop round. I'm sure she'd love to see you. One of the problems that Monica has with the restaurant in her review is that the waiter carried the breadsticks in his, as she puts it, pants. Yeah. Do you think do you think you could carry breadsticks in your trousers without breaking them? So does she mean in his pants like in the pocket of his pants or does she mean tucked down the front of his pants? However they are tucked, I think breadsticks snap in that situation. 
I reckon you could probably do it in the pocket. That's what I'd say. But I don't think... Well, you wouldn't really want the breadsticks touching any of the inside of anyone's trousers, would you, really? <laughs> no, you wouldn't, no. But, yeah, but they you, are a, they're an infamously brittle snack. Yes, they they, not? they're not a robust uh, object, are they, the breadstick? No. Um, the image I have is of him shoving loads of breadsticks like down the front of his pants, you know? Yeah, yeah. Which, not ideal, certainly. Um, Alessandra comes round, he yells... Uh, her f- f- enjoyable moment where she goes, "Where are you even from?" And he goes, "Lebanon." Lebanon, yeah. Uh, and then she basically says, "Hand me the-. again." I'd say a strange move for a young woman in her apartment on her own with an angry man. But she's like, "I'm going to cook you some marinara sauce. Pass me some tomatoes." Also, um, veg bowl on her kitchen table. Tomato bowl, yeah. We've heard she's got potatoes in it as well. I've heard of a fruit like fruit bowl. Perfectly normal. Yeah. Veg bowl, not a thing. Well, I guess tomato is a fruit, technically, Pete. Well, potatoes aren't. Potatoes and, aren't. Oh, God, fruit. not more potato chat. <laughs> Have we done potato chat recently? Last week we did, the mashed potato. Oh, yeah. Oh, a lot of people got in touch about the mashed potato. Yes, to be fair, I've, had a, I've replied to a lot of messages about mashed potato this week, Dave. <laughs> All right, bodger. Badger, which one? Um, yeah, apparently, just to just to wrap that up, apparently it's fairly normal for Americans to, to whip their potatoes, as it were. Yeah. Um, which, I don't know. Do you know what? I'm not against trying it. That's what I would say. Um, I don't own a whisk, so it's not happening. You don't own a whisk? No. Not a single, not, not, not even like a handheld? Not like an ele- No, I, I own a... Dave, I own, what kind of monster doesn't <laughs> own a hand whisk, Dave? Well, I uh, thought that, but... I mean an electric one. Oh, yeah. Well, who owns an electric whisk? You'd be exhausted if you hand whisked <laughs> potatoes. Yes, you do make a good point. You do make a very good point. All right. Abandon idea to whisk potatoes today. Anyway, enough of the spuds. Enough of the spuds. But yeah, it's odd that she's got a fruit bowl, vegetable bowl on her table, isn't it? It's full of tomatoes as well. I imagine you need a fucking load of tomatoes to make a marinara sauce, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, you can't just have so. a couple of tomatoes. There's, like, dozens. Um, But there's a quite nice moment at the end of all this as well when Phoebe takes Phoebe a bit of time to realise that Monica actually desperately wants to do this job. Yeah, and I think that comes from the fact that Monica chooses all the worst possible ways of telling Phoebe that she doesn't want to do the catering company. Like, yeah, her she first tries to attempt is like, too much. Yeah, her first attempt is like, oh, oh, it's getting a bit hectic. I think I might take a step back. Just be honest. Yeah. And then she says, um, you don't really need me for the catering company. And that, again, is one of my favourite lines from the episode where Phoebe says, you're the, you're the chef. Without that, I'm just driving up to people's houses with empty trays asking <laughs> yeah. for money. Yeah, that is good. Uh, and Phoebe is understandably sad because I imagine for Phoebe this is... Uh, an exciting opportunity to do something as well, you know? Yeah, well, she's just bought a fucking van. Yeah, I know. And I wonder, because Monica says, oh, I'll pay you back all the money you've invested. It's like, where's Monica getting all this cash from suddenly? Yeah. Alessandra is obviously paying the big bucks. And then, yeah, so Monica makes a big, big list of... I mean, Phoebe only really realises how much Monica wants it by the size of the list Monica makes of things for Phoebe to do with the van, you know? Which is... um, it's curious that monica sat down and written every well there's pages and pages of it yeah and they're all like like she sort of points out they're all quite similar like book delivery food delivery pizza delivery you know it's like just but delivery um what thing i would like to draw your attention to which is completely pointless for a podcast but it's very important did you notice the size of phoebe's cup during this scene no (laughs) okay i'm gonna send you a photo so the scene is and it's worth you going back and watching this if you haven't 
uh, noted it. Are we in Central Perk for this? We're video? in Central Perk. It's the point where Phoebe basically goes, "You should do the job," you know, because we've been through this big list. But just, and I only, I just glanced very briefly. And Central Perk is known for its quite large cups, right? That's <laughs> yes. That's sure. like one of the things that we all have have noted many times in the past. But I think this is taking the biscuit. Have a look at this mug in front of Phoebe that she's just casually drinking a coffee. Oh, that's time. that's more like a bucket. It's enormous, isn't it? Monica, you could use that as her veg bowl. Well, yes, exactly. It's veg bowl size, isn't it? You could mm. you could have a whole soup out of that. Um, whole but- soup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as I said the sentence, I thought, what's that mean? <laughs> Not just a bit of a soup, a whole soup. <laughs> One whole soup, please, barkeep. <laughs> I'm Tilly Steele. And I'm Helen Monk. And this is Bitchin'. I'm dyslexic. Yeah, why do you read the Wikipedia page? <laughs> it's good to practice. Yeah. A podcast where every week we talk about a different person. So how old was he when he first popped on the scene? That's a great If question. you say he was my age, I'm gonna <laughs> fucking die. And we veer wildly off track. Pop that Prosec. <laughs> Available on all your podcast apps. That's not my... Can you not say er in the advert? (laughs) Available on all your podcast platforms. Just search Bitchin' or Great Big Owl. We'll see you there. That was all right. (laughs) Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Just before we come on to the to Rachel, then the like we've mentioned, the end scene in the episode is Monica doing that dreadful, dreadful speech to the new to the all very tweezers, yeah, it? to the kitchen staff as the new head chef. The oh, if I take a dollop of excitement and a pinch of oh, it's like oh, read the room, Mon. You've you've made a dreadful start there. Uh, to Rachel, though, shall we? Yes, Rachel and Joanna, who I we discussed Joanna just a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? Yes, the untimely death of Joanna. Uh, the untimely death, which is in this episode. The thing is that Joanna is awful, yeah, but also great. She's a good character, isn't she? Good character, awful woman. Awful human, yeah. Dreadful to Sophie. Poor old Sophie. 
Yes. Uh, this is the last time we see both. I mean, obviously, the last time we see Joanna called dead, but also the last time we see Sophie and friends. Yes, I think I think we said before, didn't we, how Joanna is awful, albeit undeserving of being hit by a cab. <laughs> But then, when you see what level sort of... of person would you would you be like? Do you know what? Yeah, hit him with a cab. I'm, I'm cool uh, with it. Well, uh, yeah, I I stand by. She doesn't deserve death by cab. Yeah, but she death is sort cab. of death actively cab death cab for Joanna. She is now actively. Shout, that's a nice reference for all the uh, <laughs> mid noughties <laughs> indies kids. <there>. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she is now actively selfishly working against Rachel. She, this is, like, it's a good job she dies because she'd have to be fired otherwise. Do you know <laughs> yes. what I mean? Like, yes. it's it's not just a bit of professional negligence. It is, like, a whole hog, fireable offence, just dreadful, dreadful. Like, I don't understand why the other two sort of take it. Do you know what I mean? The other two in the well, interview Well, there is panel. a bit of self-awareness in this where at one point Rachel does say to Anna, you are, I think she says you're an awful woman, doesn't she? You're an awful person. Yeah. So the, the, the story goes, you haven't watched this for a while. Obviously, Rachel's going for this promotion. Joanna doesn't really want her to go for it. But then it turns out Joanna is in, on the interview panel for it. So there's a couple of confusing things about this plot. One I would say is, why is Joanna on the interview panel for something that's clearly nothing to do with her department? Because she's so sad to see Rachel leave. Fair. And then if Joanna can just create a job, why didn't she just do that in the bloody first place? And also, yes. her reasoning for not wanting to get rid of Rachel is she doesn't want to lose a good assistant. And by creating this new job for her, surely she's losing the assistant anyway. And then also loses Sophie because she dishes out Sophie to Rachel as her assistant. Yeah, what's she going to do? I mean, die, obviously. But what was she planning to do <laughs> if there was no death cab, you know? All does work out quite well for Sophie, which is nice because it really feels like she has quite a sad working life, doesn't it? I wonder what she went on to do, you know? Yeah. I like to think she went on to live a lovely, happy life, you know? I do enjoy the line when Rachel falls out with Joanna and she starts packing all her things up, doesn't she? Yeah. I do enjoy, you can put your sad little muffin back in its drawer. <laughs> it's a really good bit of visual comedy, that as well, isn't it? Taking, she takes the pen out, a then pen she takes muffin. the muffin out and she goes to, oh, that's, that, that's it, close the drawer. Um, it doesn't doesn't scream uh, that Rachel's brilliant at her job if the only two things she keeps in her desk to do her entire job are a pen and a muffin, does it? No, it looks as if she's been working there for about three days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, and then she, yeah, like you say, Joanna gives Sophie to Rachel as an assistant. Um, God knows what what that was going to end up being like. Joanna's got to interview a whole new, two new assistants now. Yes, yeah, she's got uh, a lot of staffing issues. Yes, a lot, of, a lot of staff. Ro- the rotor is a shambles, I'd say, Pete. After them, but then Joanna doesn't really have to handle it because because uh, she's dead. Oh my God, is this, is this a uh, have we have we happened upon a conspiracy theory? Did Joanna walk <laughs> in front of the cab because of the rotoring issues? <laughs> <laughs> Can't be bothered with that. I'm going to walk <laughs> off the pavement into the path of an oncoming cab. But also, surely she's there's going to be an inquiry as well when. The the older dude and the older woman on the interview panel go. Uh, we didn't give Rachel Green the job, and we're actually um, we're suggesting that she be immediately terminated from Bloomingdale's because she's clearly completely unprofessional and a liability. And then Joanna goes, "Actually, I've promoted her within my own department." Like, there's going to be a whole palaver there, isn't there? I was trying to work out where I'd seen this whole dies before they signed off on the job plot before, and realised that it's in Alan Partridge. Yes, it is, isn't it? He gets offered a new contract by a man who then has a heart attack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's exactly the same plot, isn't it? Same plot, but a heart attack instead of cab. death cab. Um, Rachel comes home. 
And this is a bit of bad Monica behaviour. Rachel comes home and starts telling... She, Rachel tells Monica enough about her new job that Monica shouldn't be interrupting. Yeah, she gets bulldozed anyway, doesn't she? Really bulldozed. Rachel says, how would this suit look on an assistant buyer at Bloomingdale's or something like, enough that Monica shouldn't be like, I got a new job, shut the fuck up, I don't care about your news. <laughs> like, Jesus, lads, have a little... You have got to learn to listen. Uh, then Phoebe obviously comes in, and, 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 and this is where all the stories tie together. Uh, and then we get, yeah, the untimely death of Joanna, um, which, I mean... We're ending the whole season of Friends with Friends on the death of Joanna. I mean, that's it, isn't it? That's a moment of poignancy, isn't it? What a way to. Well, no, actually, there's not really much poignant about getting hit by a cab, is there? No, no. She doesn't get a send off, does she? No funeral for Joanna. No, nothing. Nobody that's loves it. her. Maybe we'll just take a moment to remember Joanna. And that was it. God, that's, is that yeah. the second moment silence we've done in two weeks? Yeah, I think so. Oh no, we didn't. Oh, yes. (laughs) I'll edit that bit out. It was on the other podcast. No, don't edit it out. We just remind people that that exists. Oh, yeah, okay. And then they can go to our Patreon and listen to the Joey episode, which also contains a lot of silence. (laughs) It's not a great plug, (laughs) to be fair. (laughs) Um, So, thank you for listening to series four? Four. Yeah, four. Big old series of of worth this. We haven't missed a week since, since lockdown, basically, have we? And let's all cross our fingers that by the time we finish Series 5, I was going to say start, but that's a bit optimistic. By the time we finish Series 5, life will be a bit more normal. Absolutely. Uh, In the meantime, there will be a new episode of Joey in a couple of weeks over on the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash friends pod. And yeah, like we say, we shan't be gone for long. Um, we will be back with a blast uh, so keep your suggestions coming in we've got a big old list and we have started to actually write them down now despite our terrible organisational skills um, so uh, thanks for all your suggestions do keep them coming we are, we will, we promise we will get to them won't we Pete? Yes, so the thing to do is follow us on Instagram that's where the updates of when we'll be back and like we say it won't be too far off but if you follow us on Instagram that's FWFpod on there uh, you'll find out first when we are back for it shall not be long I quite like this. What's your least favourite episode? Yeah. Train as well. So obviously keep suggesting your faves, but I'd quite like to know what people's least favourites are because this was clearly one of the lowest ranked ones. And I thought, a jolly episode this, Pete. Yes. Born when Me too. Party. Very enjoyable. Laughed out loud. Quite a lot of it. Gandalforth. Lovely. Lovely moment. But I would I would be interested to know what are your least favourite Um because maybe we'll start to do a couple of those because that's quite a good way of ticking off the ones that no one's going to pick otherwise, isn't it? Well, that's true. The spreadsheet is very much filling up with all the good ones going. Yeah. So I wouldn't want to stick get to the end of sort of two thirds of the way through this podcast and just go, well, stick with us, guys, because it's just the shitties left. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we'll sprinkle a bit of shit along the way. Oh, what a lovely expression. Um, <laughs> FWF pod on Instagram. Follow us there. See you real soon. Oh, oh we're going to do a new quiz when we return as well, aren't we? So keep an eye yes, out on the it, Instagram it, for it. that. Bye now. This is Bye. the ninth time we've said goodbye, but it's, Bye. A, it's the real one. Bye. Bye. Bye, Pete. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Manny's and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies.